Hey guys, and welcome back to Frontboards and Four Baggers, episode 20. So big number 20. I'm Eddie from Cornhole Bag Reviews, and we got Corbin from Corbin's Cornhole Reviews. Uh, for the number 20, we figured we'd come back with another AMA, a little ask me anything from you guys. Uh, a couple, maybe like a week or two ago, we put up, I put up a post, Corbin put up a post, and I threw something on my Patreon to ask you guys if there's any questions that you want answered um, by us in general. So I put together a list of all the questions that we received and we're going to go through uh, me and Corbin's answers on all of them. I think we got a decent array. The first time we did this, it was a little bit more like ACO versus ACL and some other stuff. And I think this is, uh, we've transitioned now into more specific questions and then uh, some stuff about the future and whatnot. So I think it should be pretty interesting. But we'll start out with our first question here from Chad Popovich, which is, which is the best Surefire variant bag, and why is it the All Slide 2.0? And the way that I take this question is, we can't say sure. I can't say Surefire as the answer because it's for a variant. Sure. So, in your opinion, of all the ones, so I think you've probably you've thrown Typhoon. We'll call Deadhead a Surefire variant, even though it's different. Sure, side. it's Typhoon it's not, it's a friction variant. Kinda Typhoon Deadhead All Slide 2.0. I don't know what else you've tried, but which one's your favorite? Jackal, Jackal. Blackwater. Um, there's more. I know there's more. I made a list the other I'm, day. <laughs> like <yeah>. 20. <laughs> there's so many. Um, personally, I mean, it shouldn't come as a surprise to a lot of people. I like the Blackwaters, actually. I really like how they feel. Um, I've felt a lot of different Blackwaters. Yeah, especially mine, honestly. <laughs> yeah. it's, I really do like mine. Um, I still bring them to tournaments, which a lot of you guys know I can't stand surefires and surefire variants but i still bring them because i like them and i know in certain situations they're going to play perfectly um black waters for me but all side 2.0 like i mean it's good it's, it's really weird. good i got my review it's weird i got my review coming now i think what next week mm. um, i know i edited it you did <laughs> <laughs> but man it's like it's not quite a variant to me because it's still got like all cornhole fill all cornhole feel yeah, no, I mean, it it's definitely like, is it's different. It's not right there. You know, it's it's a nice variant, but it's like, it's, it's almost like if you if you pick Deadhead, I'd be like, okay, I get it, but it's not really a variant. Sure. I, I uh, It's funny too, so a little sneak peek to Corbin's review. In your intro, I think mm. you said, you said, I don't want to like these, but I kind of do. And and right. I and I and and for anyone who doesn't know the the set that he has actually the set that I broke in and I reviewed mm-hmm. and I sent to him so I had him like fully I threw him a lot before I sent it to him but well, I they're even they're yeah, perfect and I even messaged you and said uh, surprising I or uh, surprisingly I think you're really gonna like the bag <laughs> like just because it's like a nuked full yeah. and even though it had the game changer fill it just like fell in the hole super super easy no they fall right in no problem they're they're actually pretty nice I'm not gonna lie. My opinion, there's so many of them. Um, I've actually really come. I know nobody can get these, but the Anarchy X's from 724, which is a Surefire mock. Uh, it's actually becoming. I know you have a says, I don't know how broken yours are now, but for whatever they're reason. Yet. They're still brand new. So B3 just did the bag doctor thing where he opened them up. So he has the yeah, disc so. fill and then the the weight adding or like the, the clear fill that doesn't add any weight, but it adds volume. Like he called it like volume adding fill or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. For whatever reason, throwing them, they don't kick like at all. Like not saying that the other ones kick a lot, but I mean like compared to like my nuke surefires are starting to kick if I'm not super flat or if I get lazy they'll kick. Yeah, I, the anti don't kick too much of me, but I like you guys know I throw surefires all the time. I like so many of them. Like I love my blackwaters are right here. I, I mean I love blackwaters. I love 
I love surefires. I throw them. I love the pro performance go. I think that one's like one of the most underrated ones that I've tried. I, I, I like, yeah. I sold that to a guy or, or I gave that to a set locally and that guy throws them all the time. They're awesome. Uh, surprise. I don't mind deadheads. Like I thought I have a couple sets of surefires mm-hmm. here. I mean, like I like the, uh, SW bag code Don's, which yeah. is another one. I mean, there's so many at this point, but I, I just think that material is just good. Um, it is. And when push comes to shove, it's going to be your brand loyalty and yeah. what you really prefer from who, you know, if you like a certain fill, then you're going to like what they do. And that's the thing with the, okay. So I would, I would single out the all side 2.0 and the typhoon. And the reason I say I single them out is because the typhoon I think is the biggest, like it comes the floppiest and I think Agreed. it gets the floppiest. Um, mm-hmm. but the airmail drags and cut collects and random grabs I could do with it was different than the other ones. Like it would just randomly grab bags it shouldn't grab. Sure. And then the all side 2.0 is really the only one that's using that strict game changer fill, asymmetrical bead mm-hmm. fill, which I yep. think um, kind of set it above and beyond for me where in terms of it was more hole friendly than the rest, but was my least favorite in hand. But it was like okay. it was like if I could get past the mental part of throwing it, they would go in the it hole like, so all good. the time. Yeah. So yeah. Other than that, I mean, they're all fairly close, um, and I think they're all good. I don't think there's really a bad one. So there's um, not. No. Oh, and I actually, the last one I would say is the Titan Venom because the Titan Venom is the smallest one by far. Like, yeah. Not even yep. close. I just I have a review coming out of that, and I don't know whenever I have it recorded, but I'm I'm not kidding. It is like I nuked it three times, and I've thrown them in multiple games against my dad, like hours and hours and hours. They're still yep. like a little puffball. I mean, they, they, yeah, they're kind of tight. It's and almost they, like a Viking. I think the slowest. I think they're slowest too, honestly. Well, it's just cause they're so big. They just hit mine played so slow. Really? Yeah. I mean yeah. the Viking to me, I, it felt like a Viking template template. We'll get okay. to that. <laughs> it felt like a Viking template, uh, in terms of the size. So th- that's the last one yeah. I'd single out. But all right. Uh, second question, Luke, I'm going to butcher this. Quillisi. Yeah, I'd say Kulisi, something like that. Yeah. Um, and he's got a couple questions, but we'll tie that in the next one. Would you rather play singles or doubles? You first. Singles all day. Uh, and the only reason I say that, it, I love playing doubles. I think it adds a totally different dynamic to the game. Um, in singles, you only have yourself to blame. You know, in doubles, I could throw really, really well, and my partner could either throw terribly or throw awesome. Am I really well? It doesn't matter. You have to vibe. You know, if I'm not throwing twelves, I'm not good enough in doubles. You know what I mean? Like, sure. There's there's shared blame. You win as a team, you lose as a team, which is cool. And the dynamic of it is a ton of fun because you always have someone rooting you on. You hit big shots, you know, and you have someone kind of telling you what you need to do. Like, oh, if you step out a little bit and bounce off this, when I'm sitting there, like, oh, I need to airmail. Oh, I can step out and grab that. You know, there we go. Um, but singles is just I throw headphones in, I zone out. I'm just throwing bags. I like singles a lot more myself. Yeah. Um, I think it kind of proves what you can do. So. Yeah, and, I, and I'm when I say I'm the opposite, it's more let's let's go devil's advocate. I like doubles more just because mm-hmm. I like playing singles, but like I don't know, it's it's like less. It's like okay, cool. I'm cheering on myself. Like I win myself. Like yes, it's like an internal sure. battle. Like I'm proving to myself that I can do something. Mm-hmm. In doubles though, it's just like like when I hit like an airmail to like get five or something. Like I know I'm like helping out my team or it's like i'm doing it for somebody where it's like it really gets me pumped up and i think like yeah. also like these tournaments are so damn long man like unless you go o2 and leave there like it's like doubles a 10 hour day and like with yeah. doubles it's like one you're throwing half as much and two mm-hmm. like 
Um, you have someone There's to kind of hang many out people with. Throwing. Well, yeah. Well, you get to hang out with and vibe like and hang out with somebody like and another thing that I don't think people talk about a lot in doubles is at least the way me and my partner roll is I don't care who I shoot against. I just always shoot. We always at the beginning of the tournament, you're shooting inside. I'm shooting outside and we never change. Like I just throw outside the whole day because I'm like, well, we're, okay. we're not going to change any variables because it's like whatever. I'll just throw outside. So I think because of that. Like, it's just like, it's easier for me to just, all right, I, I can be lazy like this and throw a left to right cut and use the board because I'm outside the whole day. Sure. I was playing singles sure. last night for a little while against people. And it's like, it showed that I hadn't thrown over the board in like two weeks because I was mm-hmm. like, every bag inside was cutting right on me. And I was like, oh crap, I got to finish again. Like I haven't mm-hmm. had to in a while, but I personally like doubles. I just love the camaraderie and I'm a social person. So I just like the sure. screaming at a partner. I'm not very good when I'm, I honestly play worse when I'm quiet with music in and stuff. Like I need to be pumped, pumped for something. And even if my partner doesn't yeah. pump me up, if I can like scream at them, I was like, that just gets me going. Yeah. But yeah. that's just me. Um, follow up question. And also Adam Bergdahl asked the same question as well on my Patreon, which is, what is your favorite practice method besides just blind draws and tournaments? So I'll start this one. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I think Matt Heinen actually my buddy commented, which I very much agree with, is there's a lot of ways to practice, but it's practicing with, with a purpose. And uh, the next question, I'll just tie this one in. Jeremy McNulty asks, what are the professionals doing during a practice routine? We've talked to a lot of different pros. Uh, you know, I mean, everywhere from Cheyenne Renner, who doesn't practice at all and literally just plays blind draws, to Ryan mm-hmm. Windsor, who tries to throw an hour to two hours a day doing literally one thing. Like, they're two hours straight of only airmails, two hours straight of only rolls, which, which that works for him. For me, I like to obviously start off like sliding in for a little bit. I'll set up, I'll, I like setting up, uh, if I'm throwing like over the board, I like setting up one in the left to practicing cuts and then I'll practice airmail. It's just kind of like, I try to set up game situations and play, or I'll play Decaholio or Ghost, something where it's like I have to uh, compete. But I was talking to somebody last night, I'm not a big Ghost Deca guy because in the way that I play, I play to muddy the board and shoot airmails. Like I, I will just out airmail you is my goal. So like, like just sliding all four in, is kind of like not the game plan I want to practice for. So a lot of time I'll, I'll practice laying a block because I think laying a block is the is the best and hardest shot to do every single time. So I just practice laying blocks and then throwing cuts, throwing airmails, just practicing game time yep. shots. But I don't know about I'm, I'm your simple. Literally exactly the same. Um, I mean, it's I've always told people practice the purpose. You know, they're like, what do I do when I'm practicing? I'm like, practice purpose. Like, if you have to walk down and set up two bags on the other side of the board to get around blockers, do it. If you need to set up, you know, bumpers so that you can work on getting your shot and bouncing off bumpers, do it. You know, practice with a purpose no matter what. Um, my personal, you know, practice routine, it's really simple. I mean, I don't do any frills, nothing like that. I'll, I'll go out and warm up and just throw slide shots and whatever. And then I'll just kind of start doing game time stuff like you do. I mean, I'll try to throw blocks. If I miss them, I'll try to collect them. If they're too far off, I'll use them as a bumper. Mm-hmm. Just get used to sliding in that. Um, if I have a block, you know, sitting there, I might try to airmail over it. I might try to roll it. Depends what bag we're using. Um, I will shoot unnecessary airmails in practice oh, just 100%. to see if I can do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, bags really barely kiss in the hole, and I'll shoot an airmail, see if I can get it closer. Because certain situations may call for that. Like you need a two airmail bag to get something closer and get it to fall. Dude, you got to shoot them to know that you can. You'll see in my vlog for my tournament vlog, we were up uh, 20 to 18, I think. And uh, slid the first one in. He followed. So this, my second one hung on the hole and he went in. I third bag 
airmail drug, like air open mail. board. Because I was just like, I was like, because if I don't airmail and I slide in, he's finishing the four bagger. But then I, I hit the airmail drag. He had he stepped back because even his girlfriend was like, or his sister was like, dang, like like the fact that I shot that. He stepped back to reset yeah. and missed his bag off the back. We won. And, you know, I was just like, for me, it was like it was like if I hit this, it's like mentally I win the game. But I but I practice that yeah. all the time. And people it's ask like, me too. I needed it, so I shot it. Yeah, and people ask me like I throw that cut collect and cut around and cut pushes all the time, like from outside the board. So I'm using like this much board throwing cut pushes. And local people ask me all the time, they're like, Yeah, it's like I've been practicing that, but it's just not good enough for the game. I was like, you know how you get it good enough for the game? You throw it like five hundred times. Like and then and then you go to a blind draw. And you throw it in a game when you need to hit the shot because, like, that's the only mm-hmm. time you're ever going to get to the point where you can add something to your arsenal. Or, like, you need to get your airmail. Like, right now, it's funny. I'm more confident in my airmail than my slide right now. But mm-hmm. you need to get to the pre- – what practice should do is you need to get to the point in the game where you're like, you're like, oh, block, block behind. I'm shooting airmail instantly. And I'm and, and yeah. in my mind, I'm like, I'm making the airmail. I'm putting the pressure on, right, where it's just like sure. I play with so many people locally and they're just like, oh, I'll lay up or like, do you want to shoot it? They're like, oh, I'm not comfortable shooting. I'm like, you need to be comfortable just banging airmail. Absolutely. Like, like it's so important to be able to put pressure on. Um, Absolutely. So I think just game time decisions. The only spot I differ from you there is uh, I actually do think that, you know, Decaholio and maybe not Ghost, but Decas for me for sure are important. Um, in my mind, if you can get really consistent muscle memory doing certain things and just shooting four for the whole, certain games are going to call for that. Yeah, You're going to have to go back for back for bag and you can muddy it up. They're going to bomb over you. It's not going to matter. So you might as well go back for bag, you know? So it's kind of, I kind of got to give myself that slide confidence. I guess I can go back for bag for people, even though I want to muddy it up and make it hard for them. I do enjoy you DECA. Know? I mean, I think DECA is a fun yep. practice routine. It gives you yep. something to kind of aim for. And I like, don't do it every single time, no, but it's, no. I think I it is something important fun to put in muscle memory. Yep. Yeah. And I, there is going to be times mm-hmm. to slide for slide. And, and I think I'm actually at the point now where I need to just practice sliding again, because I'm so much better. Like I hope my opponent lays a block so that I can either cut or airmail, because I'm like, I'd rather do that than slide. I would just rather do that. <laughs> I'd rather just shoot airmails, man. Um, you're in trouble. All right, we'll move on. Yeah, whatever. Not, not, I'm not saying with me. I'm saying oh, in general, oh, you're in trouble. If I, you're I thought you were like already starting the trash talk. I'm like, we'll get oh, to no, that, all right? We'll get to that. You're in that. trouble with me, too, but that's that's neither here nor there. Dude, at if the my airmail's even close to how it's been the last two weeks, there's no shot you win. That's fine. I'll just slide in every bag. You can open board airmail everything. Block. I don't care. Throw a block. <laughs> Forget about it. All right. Um, next one we got Matthew Gidry. Um, I and here's the here's a, so I actually my video released today. I had a little bit in there. I talked about it, but I still think Eddie's template pronunciation needs to be questioned. Is it template or template? I literally said in my video, I was like, because I think I said I, literally within a sentence during the video, I was like template. And I both. said template, and then. I said two words after I said temp- template, and I stopped, and I was like, "All right, guys, I just want to touch on the template template thing." <laughs> I'm like, "I'm like, as you can see, I literally just say whichever one comes to my brain." Because <laughs> I was like, "Like in the moment, I'm like, I don't know why I say both. It just kind of just say whatever I need to." Yeah, I don't know. Sometimes I think it's probably like regional, a honestly. Language, bro. Like template. Yeah. I'm like, what word is this? Like it's, yeah, it's. it's I mean, template. it's it's a regional thing. It's going to be a dialect thing. It's I I think it's template. But I mean, you say template a lot more. Yeah, so. I think part of me thinks that I've always said template 
and then hanging out with you and doing the podcast, you've said template and I've like slowly That's... transitioned. It's like, it's like the soda pop thing. I grew up with soda. <laughs> right. All I say is pop, you know, I'm like, slowly it's pop, saying yeah, template for more. sure. I don't know. I well, like it's, I mean, it's, you say it, how it's spelled. So it's I like fair. that hard vowel, man. I don't think you're wrong. I just think you're not correct. <laughs> totally right. <laughs> I don't think you're wrong. You're just not right. That's all. Yeah, you're not wrong, but I think there's more right options. Hey, as we found out today, even when I'm right, I don't enjoy being right, you know? <laughs> yeah, it happens. <laughs> all right. Um, Derek Lacey, uh, which, um, I mean, touch on the weekend. You actually got paired up with Derek in a, uh, did. In a blind draw. And you guys took fourth. We took fourth Derek, place in a Derek blind said, draw. And Derek the blind draw was... Throwing well. He was throwing very well. Cool. Um, we chose Costello's. You know, he's he's a big Viper C guy. Sure. And there's just something, you know, ultras template. Yeah, um, their template is awful. <laughs> their templiati <laughs> is. Uh, <laughs> it's rough. No, I mean their template's really good. It's just not a bag that I've ever really totally vibed with. So, um, I mean, the widow wax. I'm giving that one a try because I kind of like how that one feels. But the rest of them is just something about them i don't I like throw the them great love and it's bag. possible <laughs> we'll touch on that later um no it, whatever so he had viper seas or costellos and you know the boards were kind of in a weird spot where carpet was going to be tricky um derek has gotten much better with his throw but it's still not totally sure. flat um and with how lofty he is it's hard to throw a carpet because it just likes to just do whatever it wants to. Yep. Um, so we threw Costello's. It was a great choice. And he was throwing really well. He was hanging with a lot of people. We we made a run. It was fun. Good. I um, love Costello's, man. They're just kind of like... Expect- they were so good. If I play with anybody like who isn't... I, I hate to say the word good because I, I, in terms of like... It doesn't have a flat, hard throw. Is used to throwing Surefires or carpet or something Correct. slower. It's like, then just throw Costello's. Because like at least my set... I need like three beads in a hole and it goes in. So, yeah. I mean, it's like, it's just so easy to throw. My problem with farms, Costello's is I can't block. I couldn't either. Yeah. I could not with this I set. Um, certain conditions I can with this set oh, and these yeah. conditions I really couldn't, but I wasn't about to change my throw because I was throwing decent. So I wasn't trying to block. Um, but no, I think they're a more forgiving bag for a non-consistent thrower. Sure. How about that yeah and and, and that's the reason people like vipers and game changers and what and and absolutely i want to caveat the ultra template comment where i um because if any of you guys have ultra which a lot of people have thrown them they're very big they're like the size of a game changer big right so the reason game changers are good and vipers are good in my opinion is because when it's that fast and that hole friendly when it's that big it just grabs a hole and goes in they're great it's just but gonna go as this, they get slower and slower, like the Viper Bees, I wasn't a giant fan of the Viper Bees because it's it's like a game changer size bag that's just slow, like slower where I was, it was hanging up on me a little bit more. So like as I go slower and slower in bag, I like a smaller and smaller template because yeah. it's just like I need it to be, you know, it's not going to slinky in the same way a game changer mm-hmm. is going to. That's the only no, it makes thing. Perfect sense. Template, but, makes but, perfect sense. But Derek, his question was, what do you feel – what do you – or what to do if you feel you're on the cusp of a division and don't know whether to play up or down? I've discussed this with Corbin a little bit, but we'd love to hear Eddie's thoughts as well. And through my travels, there's a lot of players that are in this boat right on the edge. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think I think me and you are both very in agreement that if I'm close to something, I just play up because mm-hmm. I would rather get my ass kicked and learn what I'm bad at 
then kick someone's ass and like not get any better if that makes sense you know like mm-hmm. like i i could go win intermediate but like that doesn't mean that i'm playing good or better it just means that i'm beating people that maybe have less practice than i do or don't play as much sure. as me or mm-hmm. you know if i go like you played advance and went oh two but at the same time like that's probably more satisfying than playing you know competitive and going two two you know i mean <laughs> your area is a bit different too. The, i think your area is tough too because yeah, it's like competitive I mean, there's a lot of good players in competitive still yeah so and it's yes i totally went out too um yeah i mean i just had this situation for sure like three days ago um but the first game i played the girl threw a 10.75 against me so not a lot of there i i was <laughs> it didn't matter yeah. i was throwing carpet um, you know, in singles, of course, I'm going to throw carpet. And then the second game, I was actually like, I think it was 21 to 14 is where it ended. Um, but he just, he out muddied me. He made the shots, you know, he made the cuts when he needed to, and I was missing them. You know, that's all it was. Um, but yeah, it, it absolutely opens your eyes because it tells you what you need to do. Like you're saying, like, I can go play decent and take down intermediate, right? I can play Good. really well and take down competitive, or I can play really well and probably hang in advance depending on what shots I'm hitting or missing. Um, I think there's benefit to playing up. Um, I'm not going to say your first tournament ever, you need to play competitive or need to play advanced or anything like that. But I think if the question's framed on the, if you're on the cusp, yeah, if you're getting pretty consistent with certain things and, you know, I know in Derek's case, he hasn't, you know, won an intermediate tournament or, um, an intermediate regional or tournament or whatever, but he's better than intermediate players in my eyes. Cause I've seen the guy play. So it's a, it's a, you know, you got to build it. You got to build and you got to keep going on that road and you got to find out what you're better at and how to stay consistent. And it's just, it's all learning, but learning against better competition is going to make you better. And I don't think it's, uh, it's not even also like, I mean, part of the thing that I like is that I can learn what I'm bad at, but then or like what I'm struggling with, what maybe the consistency Mm -hmm. needs to be higher. But also like for me now, I think I'm good enough, at least in this area to hang with almost everyone in this Mm -hmm. area. Right. Where, but my, the reason we're not on the podium in these big tournaments is purely, I need the mental reps against good players in terms of like, when we play a game, like I could feel my nerves where my, where I'm not just banging them all in. Like, it's just like, I'm like aiming a little more and then it kicks and yes. I'm aiming right. Cause it's like, you're I'm, like I'm like, shit, yep. I don't want to miss. I don't want to miss. And then you're yep. aiming where like earlier in the day, we're playing against teams that they're better than us, but I'm like, Oh, we can win this. And I'm just like block airmail put like, it's just like easy sure. peasy. Right. And I think when you play up, it forces you to get nervous, feel the nerves, and then slowly get used to them. And and I think you just have to get the reps to where the point that you're like, okay, I'm not nervous anymore because I know that I can at least get close or start to score points or they're not invincible, right? So I think there's a lo- I think there's more benefits from playing up. I mean, if you're only in it for the money, which I mean, maybe some people are only in it for the money, yeah, then play down, play I guess. Yeah, because yeah, I play as low as you can. Yeah, but, but it, uh, if you want to get better. Even- you can go ahead. I was just going to get better play up. Yeah. Yeah. And it's in, in that same token, it's, it's not necessarily of playing up and finding out what you're not good at. Take it all as a learning experience. Cause if you're playing up, you can watch what the other person is actually doing well. Right. You know, what did you do and how did they get around it? Mm-hmm. You know, if it's just simple slide for slide and you're missing left, right, left, right. And they just keep four bagging. Well, that one's pretty simple. Right. 
Um, but I mean, I would throw, say I was on, I was on inside, right. And I threw a block that was a little bit left. Nope. Other way around. He was inside. I threw a block that was a little bit left and it was totally an accident. I was kind of trying to go for the hole ended a little bit short to the left, right in his lane. He throws a perfect cut shot, yep. like absolutely beautiful, a right to left cut. And that bag is not collectible for me, period. Yeah. So he just throws around it all four bags, no problem. And I'm down two points no matter what, because yep. I can't get that bag back. So it's, you know, watching like, oh, if I'm going to block him, I might actually need to block on the right side, knowing his natural cut. You know, and it's, or, it's those or I need to be able to, to make. Yeah. Or I need to be able to block where I can collect it fourth bag because he could just right. go to get around it. Like, like, right, and, cause he might bang, but yeah. And I tell people this all the time, like, especially in higher level, <clears throat> at least what I've seen in higher level or upper competitive, lower advanced than, I mean, even in the upper advanced, but they're just so consistent, but it's, I think that you will win games if your shots are easier than your opponent's shots. In terms of over the course of an entire game, you force every bag that they throw to be difficult. Like, yes, Mm -hmm. the dude made all four cuts, but he didn't get to just slide in four bags. He had to, okay, I got to hit four cuts, right? And if he does Mm -hmm. it, awesome. But like, there's a very high percentage chance he doesn't hit all four cuts, right? But there's a very high percentage chance he can slide in all four bags because everybody Correct. like anyone in that level could slide in all four bags. So or uh, like, if you knew this guy, he's better at cutting than sliding. <laughs> that's me, man. Uh, but, <laughs> but like, I mean, even for airmails, like you watch pros, like how did Matt guy lose the open to Cheyenne runner? She threw a block. He missed an airmail. She took three, sure. right? It's just like, yep. it's like you force them, even though Matt guy's got a 75% airmail, 80% airmail, you force him force to shoot them to make him. difficult shots. Yeah. Yep. Cause if, cause if you're like, well, I'm going to fight him slide for slide. Well, you're never going to win. So like, like nope. it's, it's just about it's it's about learning those things and learning how to do them correctly. And I think playing mm-hmm. up or like whenever I go to a blind draw, like whether it's for cash, I, I don't like playing cash games. I just like playing for fun. But um, I try to play against the best player there every single time because I'm like, whatever. Sure. I just want to see what I can do and whether or not I get my butt kicked. That's fine. That kind of thing. So yep. uh, we got Dakota Roger Catron 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 Catron. Eh, I don't know. What are the template. positives and ne- negatives to having a bigger template, templatate <laughs> bag? Um, I touched on this a tad like a second yeah, ago when we were talking about Vipers, but uh, yep. I think bigger, faster bags, Vipers, game changers, um, are easier to collect and can be more whole for incinerators, a good example too. Uh, mm-hmm. Fall in the hole really easily with very minimal amount of beads uh, just because they're so quick. Slower, big template bags um hang up easier in my opinion that's why i don't like viper bees that much or like a slower um the caveat to that is like a bag like the tangos or dominators or something these are a big carpet bag but they still melt in because it's just so many beads they just kind of pour in um smaller template bags how small we going if we're talking like titan small um i think they airmail easier because in, in my personal opinion, throwing just makes sense. Yeah. Um, but they don't grab the hole as much. Like I find it would like hit the edge and like spin around the back rather than mm-hmm. loop in, you know, hundred percent. Um, but they feel more comfortable in my hand. I have tiny hands. Um, I don't know. It, it's kind of weird. Cause it's like, I find bigger bags easier to cut, but they also kick worse mm-hmm. cause it's just more bags slapping the board. Makes sense. Um, and honestly it's, it's what, what do you like in your hand? and how what, what do you throw well that's I mean, it. it it's so and hard it's, i agree with you i just like a medium 
Yeah, like a medium-sized bag in general. I mean, it's not overly filled, not overly fast, not overly slow. Yeah. Just right down the middle and, you know, get the best of everything and nothing too terrible. And I love, don't get me wrong, and and when I tell people this too, I love nuked bags, but that doesn't mean I love floppy bags. And when I say that, like, I love when a bag is nuked and floppy because I know that it's playing correctly where like they sink in the hole super easily. But if I get a bag, like some people have reached out to me, if I get a bag in the mail that's floppy before I break it in, that I don't like because I think – I don't like that either. Yeah, like I'm totally fine if a bag becomes a floppy POS after it's destroyed because I know – whatever, then all I got to do is get near the hole. Like Series Vipers, for example, I could throw them pretty well, even though they're like floppy tacos, because it's like, well, that's because they've been thrown for like a thousand games. You know, it's not like, you know, I get them in the mail and they're already tacoed. I just think, you know, so it's such a weird conundrum because it's like, I love floppy bags, but only when they're floppy because that's the end of their life. And that's fair. And and, and (laughs) when bags get to that point for me, I actually consider buying new ones, honestly. Oh, really? I'm like, I yeah, I don't like it when it's like two shot. Well, it's two shot, like pro sniper napkin level. Like that's too far, right? And that's what I'm talking about. But like my Costellos, for example, are like a thousand games in and they still like they're floppy as hell, but they still I can still make a handle out of it. Like it's not like I'm holding like a piece of paper, you know? Sure. So it's a tough balance. Again, it's all personal preference. I mean, look how many bags are on the shelf. I got bins Mm -hmm. and and then you still throw the same like three ones because that's what you're comfortable with. Of course, of course. Um, Corey Nichols, since you both have played in larger tournaments recently, you did an AC. I got ACL coming up. I'm doing an open. You yep. just did one. I just had a big doubles yep. tournament, but blah, blah, blah. Uh, what were the positives and negatives you saw in your game that weekend? So critique yourself. You first. Yeah. Me first. Oh boy. Um, I realized that I actually am capable of getting first game jitters because it's never happened to me before. <laughs> uh, you know, the yips, <laughs> um, I forgot how to throw it back. That was my 4.67 PPR. And I was throwing a bag I was comfortable with. I was throwing against guys I've never seen before, which I actually prefer. And just totally couldn't do anything. Like had two or three pushes to win the game and like threw it off the left side of the board. Mm. Okay, cool. (laughs) Just couldn't figure it out. You know, once I got comfortable though, and once I kind of figured out what I was doing, um, had a phone call with a friend of mine and he actually, because he was watching my games, I went live on all of them, which is good. Um, I like, I like to do that now. Um, as much as I can, you know, if I'm, if I'm feeling it, I like to go live because that it helps me go back and watch it and say, what did I do here? Why did I miss? Was I rushing? Was I, you know, was it just a total miss? Cause we're all human. It's going to happen. Um, you know, I realized my pace, that's the biggest thing for me. I realized that my pace is my greatest strength. So it's my greatest offense and my greatest defense. Sure. Cause if I'm playing against a rhythm player, they're going to hate it. If I'm playing against a guy that can do whatever I'm doing, that's fine. Cause I'm comfortable. So that's the biggest takeaway that I got actually from the entire open is play at my pace, play my game and just throw my bag. Cause I can do okay. Sure. I'd say for me, the thing, um, I, I think we, me and my partner both learned we can hang with anyone. And I think when you can mm-hmm. hang with anyone, at least in my area, right. I haven't gone to an open. I haven't come up by you. I haven't played against all these pros. Right. But at least in my local area, cause we played, um, you guys will see it in the vlog, but we lost first round winners. And then went into losers bracket in the after we were like we were like the eight seed or something out of eighty or something out of uh pool play. And then we uh lost the first game of winners against a tough team and then uh ran like five or six in a row and then finished in my patented one out of the money. 
Um, but we beat a lot of You're teams. You're so good at yeah, it. Yeah, dude. It's my favorite spot to be. Um, but we beat a lot of teams that we uh, had never beaten before that were like um, better than us. And then for me, I learned that uh, my airmail is as good as anybody's airmail um, in, in tournament settings. I mean, like there was – I think I, I, I would lo- I'm I'm gonna try to keep track when I watch I bet you I shot seventy percent airmails. I mean it was mm. just like it was just like I was just on, like I was doing it better than anything else. So I think it's just knowing that like, okay, if it goes block block and I miss an airmail to shoot the second because it's just like I yeah, in again. my mind I'm like I'm better than this guy at airmails. Even if he is better than me at air, it's just like I am able to have that mentality now. Um yep. and then we played against our nemesis team that we lost to, um, the best team in this state. Yeah, like one of the best teams in the state and and just, uh, just, I could tell that uh, the nerves hit me. Right, you stop aiming, stop doing, and I, so I think it's just, it's, it's just really about managing your mental game, slowing yourself down. Like you said, making every shot deliberate. I think sometimes I get lazy. Yeah. Absolutely, throw every bag with purpose. And well, and and to touch on the long day thing, hydration and food is really important. Oh, yeah, I mean, it's 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 the most simple thing, but it's like stay hydrated. Don't just drink beer all day long you know, and, you know, make sure you're drinking some water or Gatorade or something and eat food. You know, it's a normal day, but it's, it's very mentally taxing and you don't realize that like, I don't get hungry at tournaments, period. Oh, I, do. I do not get hungry. And then I'm done throwing and I have a headache and my stomach is growling. I'm like, what the hell? I'm like, oh yeah, I had pop tarts this morning and that was 13 hours ago. Like, yeah. okay. Yeah. That makes sense. You know, so it's it's one of those. Um, and that's the big thing I was going to say. I was actually going to say when you were talking, you like, I got first round jitters. For me, anytime that there's any form of like game, like bracket game, anything, I almost like during pool play, I have to eat like enough food to be over full because like, mm. um, I don't know about you, but like for me, when I get nervous, it's in my my stomach. I get stomach nerves. Like I don't get like oh, okay. shaky or head or heart rate or anything. It's literally just stomach. So like if I don't have food, okay. It literally makes me like my body like it feels like I haven't eaten like a week. Like I'm so like nervous. But if I eat a ton, a ton of food, I don't get that feeling. And then it's just like, okay, managing my mental nerves. Um, So it's huge to eat food and like make sure you're eating enough food. This is the first tournament I've ever done a full tournament without alcohol at all. Um, it's a lot yeah. easier to focus, I would say. And, uh, well, yeah. for, for any of you that like, you know, cause I'm, I'm, I grew up in the mindset of, uh, I'm always better at everything after like one or two beers to take the jitters off. That's just a, that's just an alcoholic lie. That's no, there's no truth yeah. to that at all. Just an excuse. Yeah. And like, if you've, I would, this, here's how I explain to people what it's like to play without alcohol after you've played with it with alcohol forever is that I don't necessarily get better at throwing the bag. I just make less dumb mistakes in terms of like, I don't miss off the side of the board. Like when I'm drinking, it, maybe it's like, oh, I'm throwing a little faster because you're like, oh, it's all muscle memory. And all of a sudden you just like, boop, just miss a bag, right? Where it's like, mm-hmm. when I'm like sober and focused and deliberate, I'm not missing a bag off the side, right? Because <laughs> I'm, I'm focused. So I would say that's the biggest difference that I've seen from not drinking. And like you guys have seen in the vlog and my posts, like I've done way better in my blind draws and my tournaments just not drinking because I'm more focused. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, thing with the big tournaments, I, I've learned that I could hang with uh, the good players, which is cool. Yeah, absolutely. This one, Cody Ashline. So, what are the new rules for the stamp for the upcoming season? So, I actually had to get clarification from this recently, and and a guy named yeah. Andrew Lang actually is like, I finally told mm-hmm. the review guy something he didn't know. Yeah. I didn't know that coming into next year, the grandfather rule is gone. So. Correct. Any bag that you own that is not stamped 
cannot be used regardless no of good. whether or not the series still exists in terms of correct it has to have the logo on it so like my pre-stamp costellos that i love not usable Done. series vipers gone Done. like uh pre-stamp game changers gen 1 gen 2 gone Done. Like, um all, all the, slides same thing yeah all gone. slide gen 1s gen 2s gone yep. like uh what other bags are kind of big i mean all the ultra stuff all the all, i mean who else have been around that uh-huh. long Costellos were right. I mean, Costellos I have were right before the first stamping. So yeah, but I mean, like I mean, kill shots. Kill oh, shots has plenty. Gen ones, all the thirty sevens. Yeah, yep. I mean those. Those are no good. Um, yeah, I mean it just. It's just you have to have a stamp, have have and it doesn't have to be a pro stamp. Let's let's clarify that it does not have to be a pro stamp. Uh, it can be a comp stamp, but they only offer pro comp and rec stamps and rec stamps can't be used in sanctioned tournaments. So <laughs> and then, you can only use pro and comp stamps and the only people that absolutely need pro stamps are pros. And they only need them at nationals. Correct. So like, that's the thing. Cause like my Omega is dropped that I did right. is ACL comp stamp. And I feel like people like think it's weird with the comp or think they're not anyone who doesn't know comp can literally, unless you're a pro at a pro national, you can use a comp stamp at every single other ACL event that exists. ACL opens, ACL regionals, ACL, whatever you can use comp stamp there. And, and to be, uh, to clarify this year. So through this next stamping period till August or whenever they come out with the 2022, 23 stamp, um, you can still use pre-stamped grandfathered bags like bags that are currently stamped for 2022 but don't have a stamp you can still use for this season just coming mm-hmm. into next season you can no longer use pre-stamp bags which right. i mean for the gen one game changer and series viper players i think that's the biggest hit is that market of player yeah i mean i don't i don't think that's that big of a market honestly i mean i've seen it two or three times oh really See, since in, i started in, playing in wisconsin yeah. and minnesota dude it's like vipers is just like the bag like everywhere mm. like the, the team that just won the tournament this weekend was throwing team ultra vipers from like four years ago that okay, dude i was doing commentary some of the shit it's like the gen one game changers i'm like what is like perfect v block in front of the hole he they, throws it hits into the bag and it goes like this and goes in i was like what even is that that's not even they like do real. the dumbest stuff dude yeah they do it the was, dumbest stuff. it was insane but but yeah so that's the that's the upcoming acl change yep. the big change pretty simple uh all right matt heinen my buddy helped me do some commentary i do stuff on him with the wednesdays but he threw a joking comment in, uh question here which is why can some days i kick your ass and some days i can't hit the board let me clarify that question you never kick my ass and some days you're just not even a competition but um i wanted to uh, in line as a joke question, but also roll it into a conversation piece, which is why do you think, cause there's some games like I was playing last night. There's some game I threw, threw like an 11, five PPR one game. And then I threw a 5.5, the next game, like 15 minutes later. Why do you think there's games that you just, and, and, and it wasn't the opponent. Like I wasn't nervous or anything. Why do you think there's games that like you can't miss? And then there's games that you can't play. Like, what do you think goes into that? I mean, I know we're just not pros and not that consistent, but like, where do you think that comes from? Because I think a lot of people struggle with that. So, like, at least for you, do you notice anything when that happens? Yeah, man. Well, this literally just happened to me. It was a couple of weeks ago. Um, I talked to you about it. You know, I was at the taco, and I, I threw 27 for 28. Um, that's an 11.7 PPR. <laughs> and my opponent was very, very good. Uh, literally stayed on the same boards, had a game 10 or 15 minutes later, and I was struggling to throw eights. I don't know. 
<laughs> I know, dude. I, 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 so, I really don't know. Yeah. It's just sometimes you have it, sometimes you don't. But I'm trying to – was it Windsor that said your worst has to be better than their worst? No, your worst has to be better that was, than their good. If you want to be a pro. Like not their best, but your worst has to beat their good. Was that was that Windsor? Yeah. Though? Okay. As yeah, I he said that he, he said, knows you know, yeah, everybody's he, best is going to be pretty close, but your worst has to be better than theirs. Yeah, I, I think I think he said, though, because I, I think the conversation came up when we were saying, how do you make the step from advanced to pro? And he said the difference mm-hmm. is that is that if, as a pro, your worst is better than advances like good days. Not their great yeah, days, but you're better than an advanced player's like average good day. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's really just the consistency. I it mean, is, we yeah. we may we may throw a ton, but let's say we're practicing a bad habit. Yeah. Um, throwing a ton with a bad habit is not going to do you any good in the long run, actually. So yeah, it, I think it's it's really just muscle memory. It's we're all human and we're all you know competitive. Maybe advanced players. Um, you know, intermediate players were, we're not the pros. We shouldn't be expected to throw 10 plus PPR every game. You know, it's just, we're, we're going to fluctuate. It's going to happen. Yeah. And I, I mean, I, there's like some good players that I literally talk to. Cause I, I don't know why there's one guy around here. That's just like my kryptonite. It's just like, I don't give anyone mm-hmm. in the state like fives and I give him like nines. Like, you know, just like, like I'm like, how do I throw a three? But like, I'm, yeah. when I was playing against him, I'm like, I'm like, do you ever have it where you literally let go of a bag and you have no idea how you missed that bad. Like I have a bag that goes like, I'll throw one off to the right. I'm like, how do I miss by four feet? Yeah, I'm like, um, I, like, like went that way. well, I'm just like, like, and there's games like that. I'm like, how do I literally forget how to throw like within the vicinity of, of the board? I mean, it's crazy to me how much it can change like that. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I think it's an interesting topic to talk about, but anybody who gets that where you have like a killer game and then a bad game, I think like everyone who's not a pro gets that maybe some advanced players, but uh, I think that's very normal. And it's just, it's just hard to be consistent for that long. I think that's another reason mm-hmm. that the pro that tournaments is. are so nuts is they play for like 10 hours throwing in 11. You know, it's mm-hmm. just, it's just nuts to me, but yeah. So I thought I'd bring that into a topic because I thought that was yep. kind of a common question, but Joey Kenzierski. Your feelings on some pros way overstepping the line and messing up their opponents because either they aren't getting back at a reasonable time or they're basically in their opponent's lane. Now, this question stems from the Duncan Clemmer and I, what's the do you remember the player's name? Tyler Parent. Tyler, Tyler Parent um, yes. from Zero Gravity. During the open, um, Tyler Parent is a very slow, deliberate carpet thrower. Um, and he normally has a follow through, but the thing people were saying, he, he was like following through a couple steps and kind of taking a while to get back. And at some points going into Duncan's lane where Duncan was about to try to throw and literally had to stop and compose himself and redo it. And he was calling for time. There was all this, all these clips. So then this huge chat thing goes on the, or huge post on the Facebook page of people saying like, it should be banned, blah, 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 blah. Like, and here's my take on it because, and I made a long comment that got, you know, X amount of likes to it. But my comment was I've played in an ACO event where it's illegal to step over the board before the bag hits the board. And it is worse than it is better in terms of anyone who says, oh, you shouldn't be able to step over the board. You should make it illegal. Videotape yourself playing and video. See when you throw a hard push, when you throw an air mill, does your foot ever cross the line? before the bag hits the board. Cause I guarantee you 99% of players have a follow through over the board. It's almost impossible to throw a hard push and stop your momentum and not go anywhere. Um, I think there could be a touch on the rules, which is 
You know, if you don't get back behind the line within three seconds, you lose a bag. Two seconds, you lose a bag. Something that's like that's, that's in the rules. Yeah, or or some or find a way to actually call it or or to mm-hmm. enforce it. Um, you know, and I know they have the rule that if if your opponent throws and their bag hits you, then you lose a bag, like that kind of stuff. But Cornell is kind of such a gentleman sport; you're never going to enforce it. Do I think yeah. that that scenario was overdone? I don't know if you saw the clip, but it was. I, I actually messaged Duncan after the game because he won the game and said, "Like, way to stay composed." Like, yeah. like that was I mean, like because I would have lost my shit. Like, because there was like three or four different times. Like, it's like twenty to twenty, and he's having to like stop and back up and ask for time. Mm-hmm. And, so that was a little overdone. But I mean, players like Frank Modlin, he's been doing it for years. Modlin's one of the nicest dudes. He respectfully gets back quickly. He always steps over the yes. line, but he's always back fast. I'm the same way. Yep. Almost every shot I throw. Because I'm outside, my right foot follows over the line. I immediately step back. Like I'm not like walking to the next board, you know, to you know, like middle of the court. I don't know. It's, um, it's a touchy thing. Go ahead. The the Tyler Parent Duncan Clemmer situation. Uh, yes, that was overboard. Uh, that was too far, in my opinion. Um, I mean, he he was going for a big shot. I get it, but to follow through that hard on Duncan's side of the board. Well, you saw the clip then. It was it was every shot for like ten rounds. I only saw like a snippet. Yeah, yeah you saw the one. You saw the worst yeah. one, but it was it was yeah. literally for the last ten rounds of the game. It was three so, shots yeah, at I a mean, time. And in that situation, that's that's too much to me. Um, if I was playing a Modlin or you or whatever, um, if I'm concerned about your follow through, I'm concerned about the wrong thing. Yeah, I'm focused entirely too much on what you're doing. And not what I'm doing. Correct. So I don't give a crap about the follow through. You can follow through all you want. Um, but that's partially because I'm such a slow paced player that you could throw and walk halfway down the court and start walking back. And I wouldn't care. Honestly, just I do not care. It doesn't matter. Step and follow through, do whatever. Um, now, if you're very clearly like a half foot over the line or something as you're throwing, yeah, you know, say your left foot is literally the entire toe of your shoe, you know, is sure. hanging over the line. I, I might. Be like, hey man, watch your foot. You know, just something simple like that. But follow through, do your thing, get loud. I man, I don't care. Don't I, I don't think you should be focused on other people's games that hard. That's the the parent clemmer thing is different. That's yeah. that was and, excessive. But and I wanna and I wanna make this clear. No, no shade being thrown at Tyler Parent for doing it. It's just shedding light mm-hmm. on the situation. And he actually commented on the thread and said, like, you know, I'd it was no I was in no effort to try to impede like your throw. No, it wasn't on purpose And, and, and Duncan commented no. was like, you know, I actually like he thought it was on purpose to to get in his like because there was times sure. that Duncan was like it felt deliberate, but he's like, you know, we're all good. I feel like blah blah blah. And I and I'm sure, sure like as long as you can look at it afterwards and see it. But in the way I look at the step over the line is um, if you throw from behind, like people that are like, oh, why do you need to serve? I'm like, if I throw from behind the line, what does it matter what happens when the bag's gone? I threw from 27 feet. What do you care? Like, I agree. You know, like, what, what is it? Totally basically? agree. As long Everyone's as, like, take your step inside the box and follow through inside the box. It's like, why? Yeah. They're like, they're like, take, then start further back. So your follow throughs in the box. I'm like, that doesn't even make sense. Okay, if I well, let go of the bag behind the line, what does it matter? I, like, it literally. Then tell a major league pitcher that their follow through has to stop at 60 foot six inch. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's just like it, it's okay. just like momentum too. Like, I mean, like again, Absolutely. Like, a hard push. Like, I don't think I've ever thrown a push and stayed in the box. Um, I have. It's weird. <laughs> yeah, that was the ACO dude. I spent the first two hours at ACO, literally like going like this, trying just to trying like, to figure it stop out. Stop yeah. myself from like moving, and yeah. it, it affected my throw so badly because I mean I've spent 
hundreds of hours just barely following through a little bit getting my motion yep so so again that was my comment i think i think if you make it illegal it hurts more than it helps uh in terms of i think every single play if you watch any stream ever i think every single acl player steps over the line in every single game when they're doing some kind of shot at some point in the game it's just yeah. it's just part of the game but typically yeah but yeah that, that's that's my stance on it um you know i i don't think that we'll have something that level of agreed like you know example again and and all i can say is if it's that level of excessive i hope that we have something in place where someone steps in and deals sure. with it basically yeah. um i love this question jordan host and i've spent way too much time thinking about this question in terms of coming up with my answer and i already um, gave him my answer and after i came up with the answer i was like this is a pretty simple answer i feel like fuck okay. one marry one kill one Jordan Power, Jamie Graham, Trey Birchfield. <laughs> and I have to go first. You gotta go first. Because I got an explanation. <laughs> so what's funny about this, like obviously we talked before, you know, we start recording the podcast and stuff. And he's like, he sent me the outline earlier today. Like I didn't, you know, kind of look through it, saw some questions that I had seen on the comments and all that. Totally didn't see this question at all. <laughs> so and he's talking to me, he's like, man, this is going to be a funny one. You know, Jordan's question. I'm like, what? I look down and I'm like, oh, Christ. <laughs> He's like, I didn't like, for this one. Oh, no, I was not ready for that. <sighs> and now we're here. So, um, yeah, I've been thinking about it the entire time, actually. Oh, man, it's tough. Um, <laughs> I think it, once I explain it, it's pretty simple. Well, not simple because I don't want to kill any of them, but, you know. All right. Gotta, well, and neither do I. And let's let's put this out there as a disclaimer. This is in jest. We are absolutely kidding. Like, well, not only that, game. but it's also we have nothing against right. any of the people here. It's no, just, of course not. They're all phenomenal players. Stupid um, game. I have no ill will on <laughs> opinion anyone. on any yeah, of their yeah. looks. <laughs> yeah, none okay. of them have beards, you know. Um, Actually, two of the three do, know, but that's fine. <laughs> Guess who's dying? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go. What you got? Which, funny enough, no, funny enough, he's dying. Um, yeah. So yeah, Trey is the kill one, um, literally because he's the throwbot, and there's no way I could ever beat him. Also, because I'm pretty sure he's not listening to this ever, so that's fine. That's an All easy right. out. <laughs> um, I think Jamie is the fuck one. Um, cause we, we talked to them, super cool guy, you know, saw him at the open, chatted with him a little bit, really good. Um, and then Jordan, I'm going to marry Jordan cause Jordan's a local, local boy. And I think he's really going to be something special, you know, in the next year, two years, three years, I think he's really just going to just keep climbing those ranks and See, I love you, know, how you I'm, took I'm, a I'm hopping on those coattails. To you took a cornel route to this. I went completely different dude i was like i was like all right that's the beautiful part like, of it legit i was like all right so i'm, all right, I'm also go. i also gotta kill trey Birchfield just because nah, he's, sorry, just too trey. he's too quiet for me i just need someone yeah to that's fair i'd marry jamie graham. i married jamie graham because i feel like okay. i feel like that dude is got to be like a great cook and he's got to be so fun to hang out with and talk to i feel like fair i could enough. just spend time with jamie graham and before I even started, I knew I was fucking Jordan Power because I was like, dude, that dude's got some hype, man. He's gonna be screaming the whole time. He's got energy the whole time. I was like, man, this dude, this dude's probably a nut. So I'm like, yeah, wow. gotta fuck Jordan for sure. All right, so we're actually not too far <laughs> off. I get it. 
Yeah, but you, but you get rid of like I was like, dude, the way Jordan plays Cornell, like how could you not want that energy, man? Come on. Oh, he's he's pretty energetic. Yeah, he's he's really he's he gets like, fired up pretty easy. And people at people in the audience and shit. He's just, oh yeah, it's when he starts his swagger, you're in trouble. Oh yeah, yeah, that, that's, that, like that's so that, that was yeah, my, you're done. That was my handle on that question. I thought it was a pretty. Yeah, thanks for that question, question, Mr. Host. That yeah, was great. That was a fun mm-hmm. question. <laughs> All right, Caleb Dutchover. So now I got some Patreon questions here. So recommendations right. on something wanting to, somebody wanting to get into carpet, and then also the best carpet bag break-in method. So, and I also did a follow-up and said, well, when you say wanting to get into carpet, do you want bouncing, rolling, forgiving, like what kind of carpet? And he's like, kind yeah. of touch on carpet in general and all of them. Um, like, like what would you say recommendation? OG twos, eh? Have it on me. Um, yeah, honestly, it's. Yes, I'm sponsored. I get it. Whatever. <laughs> um, but it, it's really not even that. Um, I threw it in Louisville. I threw it when it was a prototype before they really had a name for it. It was literally a prototype bag. It had blue carpet and a white Costello fast side. That's, that was literally it. And um, I loved it. Just told him, I was like, I want to bring this home right now. It just, it worked with my throw. Um, sure. If you want to get into carpet, this might actually be a little too active for you, sure. honestly. Um, I mean, menace pink dolphin. I was also like, that is really, really forgiving. NFQ tag, NFQ dope. Yeah. Because that's like tags and dopes, like a baby carpet. hundred percent. Yeah. I was going to say pink dolphin as a, if we're going Mm -hmm. the forgiving carpet route, I personally, my favorite carpet bag is dominators. Not even close. I Uh, love dominators too. They're so good. They're not stamped. I know that's your thing. Uh, you need it to be stamped, but like in my opinion, a dominator is friendly enough to non super flat throwers but mm-hmm. as you get flatter and want to learn to manipulate carpet you can cut and roll it still so it's like it's yes. like a really interesting middle ground that it's like it has the puff to it you know it's like a little bit puffier but it but it breaks in and still throws really forgiving it'll roll it'll cut and it kind of and then if you want to go to a viking or a mercenary like just a pure puffy bouncy bag that mm-hmm. kind of transitions you there if you're like, okay, I don't really like the carpet. I want a more forgiving bag. Well, it's like, at least you got to try something along that line. Or that's the bag I bring with me to tournaments like blind draws that if I play with a carpet player, I'm like, can we just throw this? Because I can yeah, physically throw this and I know you can still manipulate it, but it's not going to yeah. make punish me so hard. Um, sure. So I, that's my personal recommendation. They're getting harder to find now. Shout out to Dan. I love Dan, but like uh, his company's yeah, he, now, dude. He's getting hungry. He's got more. He's got more coming. So yeah, but they're blowing right. up, man. He's like, he like puts out like absolutely. He's like, all right, first of fifty people get the order. Uh-huh. It's like a second, fifty are gone. Wrong. I was like, damn, he's becoming yeah, seven ten now. Crazy. We've been is, talking about him too much. He's doing good things, dude. We've been ta- he's already, doing good things. I talked to him. I was like, dude, I gotta get some collabs with you before you become seven two four, bro. <laughs> <laughs> right. No, I mean it's. I know this question was geared more toward break in, but I mean it's. Well, that was the second question. Yeah, that's part of it. Um, there's just so many good carpets. There's there's a ton of good bags out there. It's really more what Here, you here's want. A, here's a forty dollar carpet. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. I mean, and sixty dollar carpet pro stamped is you know pink dolphins or menaces. Well, now we got these too. Um, you got then the you got raids, those that are got, eighty. Yep, yep, I got raids. They're eighty bucks. Um, OG twos are you know, eighty bucks. OG twos are eighty bucks. Um, it's just, there's so much good stuff and correct. I, I, I get these questions all the time, you know, on Facebook and I'm sure you do too. But when someone asks me like, Oh, what's the best carpet bag? I'm like, what do you have? And what are you looking for out of it? Correct. You know, I specifically ask a man, I'm like, do you need it to be forgiving? Do you want it to be active? How do you want the hand built? Because I just, 
there's so many different things you can do. It's it's like someone asking Eddie, what's the best fastback? <laughs> right? <laughs> right. So pick. they're all great um so I mean, it's all about what you like and what what's going to work for if you we were to talk about breaking right so i've done a lot of different break-ins i know you have too my vikings for example i did bg bag breaker they feel amazing uh my, yep. my these embers i just did wrinkle guard they're nuked like crazy i was oh here's the way i look at it if i want the bag to be a bouncy rolly bag i don't wrinkle guard it because it makes it really floppy and soft um so sure. like embers I knew right off the bat aren't going to be a floppy rolly carpet. It's more like a contraband. You can still flop and roll it, but it's a little bit more friendly, a little thinner. So I'm like, sure. okay, I'll wrinkle guard and nuke it and make it super hole friendly. Um, otherwise, I just do maybe a softener soak or you could boil. Neptunes, I boil because that's what Tyler Cobb and them do. Um, yep, there's so too. many different ways to break. Honestly, if I was to say, how do I break it in? Get a set of carpet bags and just shoot a message to the pro player that's sponsored by that company and say, how do you break in your carpet bag from that's this fair. specific company? Because it literally depends. I mean, my WTFs, I did like just a hot water soak and then I've been throwing them because I didn't want to screw with that side stitch. I mean, it's just there's so many. Dominators, yep. I, I wrinkle guarded three times, conditioned twice and threw for like 40 hours. You know, it's just like. It, oh, yeah. That's so what I do with my tangos. Yeah. And it was just whatever. There's like, so many different ways to do it. Um, yeah there's a million i mean yeah there's a lot travis erickson tips on cutting left and right and then a good way to do a rule shot um man the cut is my shot right right to left cut for example uh is my shot left to right cut i'm it's funny because my bag naturally kicks to the right but then when i want it to kick to the right i struggle to do it It for whatever reason yeah right to left cut how i do it is i i hold the bag like how I normally hold the bag, how me and Corbin hold the bag, just like four fingers under, thumb on top. And then I actually throw it how I was learning how to throw the roll bag for a while. I come up with my, like basically my wrist turns up like this and the bag comes off at this angle. The key to my cut bag personally is mine actually comes in front loaded, not back loaded. Mine, mm -hmm. because then when mine hits the board, it catches immediately on the front Skirt. and that's what snaps it left, right? If you throw it back loaded, it'll slap and move a little bit, um, but it doesn't cut the way that mine cuts. So if you guys have yep. seen like in my videos, my big cut shots, or when I say I can cut a Viper, it's because I'm throwing it so front loaded that like any bag just kind of grips on their stitching and pulls left. Um, so that's how I personally throw a right to left cut. Roll shots is kind of more your thing. I've been trying to practice it. It's just, I'm not good at it, man. Yeah. I mean, and I'm not good at it either. Honestly, let's, let's just be truthful here. Yeah. Um, I, I can hit them. I'm I mean, better at air milling though. I literally threw one in, um, I only threw one. Nope. I lied. I tried two, but I only hit one. Um, I threw one and I hit it and you know, when I was playing advanced, but sometimes I feel it. Sometimes I don't, it just depends on the day and it's, the big thing with the roll shot or I, I prefer a flop shot. I'm not a roller. The rollers I, are the I guys that the, that the bag comes. Yeah. I know it's yeah. just, they're, they are different, different, but for the, for the, um, for the yeah. sake of the rollers come out more at an angle yeah. and, are, you know, tumbles, uh, the flop, the flop shot, back, yeah. the flop shot is absolutely just a backloaded bag that hits and likes to do a flip. Well, I guess explain um, your flop shot. I know you butterfly it. Like, yeah. My flop shot. I definitely, I butterfly. And in my mind, it's just, there's something about the butterfly that lets me release it properly. Sure. Um, when I was doing my 50, 50 grip, just like you, you know, four fingers under and a thumb on top. Um, when I'm doing that, trying to flop, I just end up flicking the bag too much. Too, yeah. <laughs> it actually just spins and mm -hmm. it, it doesn't do what I want it to. Um, so I butterfly it put it in my head that this is a different throw. Um, 
So I butterfly and when I let it go, I just kind of push. I know it's on and I don't it's like throwing an underhand knuckleball push, almost. Huh? Yeah, I actually could just kind of push um a push and a little flick. It's kind of like letting it just slide out of my hand. Yeah. Um when it's flying through the air, I don't want a ton of rotation on it. Because less rotation, that's more friction. Sure. That's more to grab when it hits. It's not gonna want to slide, it's gonna want to hit and then do it. And then the back load is the most important part. Yeah. You have to get that bag nose up no matter what, and then it can roll over. And I, so, I actually think personally, I think the most important part is where you land, land the bag personally. Right. It has to land literally yeah, just before your opponent's yeah. back. Like I'd say you want it to land like an inch before your opponent's back. So it has time to mm-hmm. start rolling. If you land it too short, if you land, if you have it back loaded 90 degrees and you land it on the front of the board, it ain't do it. It'll roll up to the bags. Yeah. <laughs> but sure. it's not gonna go oh, over i flopped a bag over nothing before yeah, yeah. like it literally hit and flopped over and then just sat there i was like yeah. oh i kind of missed yeah <laughs> you know it's just yes it's and that's why it's as difficult if not more difficult than an airmail because oh. you're still shooting for that same six inch circle basically and tra- it's and just tra- you're Ryder, moving that circle on the board trey my rider made a good point which is nobody talks about the missed roll bags because a lot of the time they stay on the board Correct. but like He's like, but they still miss, you know? So like, I would say for anyone who's trying to learn how to throw a roll shot, how good is your slide in your airmail? Because those master those before you learn a roll shot or master a cut before you learn a roll shot. Cause a cut has way more application on way more bags than a roll does. I would agree. You know? And I think the roll and like, you know, these fun shots, like the penguin and the and one, I don't right. think those are like for pros that are already masters at everything else. Everything else. They become mm-hmm. good at rolling and, and wanting and stuff. I just don't think that's for the general public to be their shot. Yep. Um, I and I was playing against a role player, like a player that's better than me when they're off on their rolls and they're just like clogging up the hole. And, and then you hit a couple air mills, you're getting fives and sixes uh, like against yeah. a role player. So yep. um, let's see here. Graham Burns, how to get a flat bag and a backloaded bag. We kind of just talked about backload a little bit. Yep. Flat bag, there's literally a billion ways. It's literally just how does it work for you to get it flat? For me, 50-50, and then I'm finishing like with my hand. My biggest, okay, I guess one tip I'd say, the f- way that I get it the flattest is I think about opening my hand in terms of like mm-hmm. pushing my fingers out because that prevents my hand from gripping it too long, which then kind of causes it to go off. Tumbles so it. I come through and just open my hand, and that normally gets me flat. I think you're pretty similar. You come back and I basically do the same thing, yeah. honestly. I just kind of, I don't put too much effort in it. I don't try to flick my wrist, no. you know? Um, but a lot of friends, I, I got one buddy I play with a lot that he said literally changing his grip has made him more flat. Oh, yeah. He just had to mess with the way he holds the bag mm-hmm. and that's what's helping him. So there's a lot of things you can mess with. Um, I mean, I would really suggest looking at like YouTube videos and stuff on, you know, how to throw yeah. flat or whatever. I mean, look at or, Jimmy Humans. Jimmy Humans wraps his pointer finger around the front. Like you got butterfly. Oh, yeah. You got you got No Wooten who has his pinky hanging off the bottom of the bag when he butterflies. He only has three fingers. Mm-hmm. And what I would say is tr- mess around a little bit. Find the one that you're like, wow, that came off really flat. And then even if you suck and you miss the board and you're getting fours throw that a million times where it's just like, sure. because then eventually when you hone that in, you're going to be perfectly flat and in the middle of the board. Yep. And it's another thing you can, you can do this, like stand two feet away from your couch, throw the bag at the couch. Oh yeah. Then if back it's flat, two feet. scoot back, Yeah, you know, keep trying and then find out where it becomes not flat and what you did. Cause maybe the force of your body is making it not flat. You know, like your that. arm and wrist could be at the proper area, but when you're putting too much shoulder into it, 
you might be making it too flat or, you know, making it not flat. And that's what that Lexi girl actually told me too. The one we're going to talk to is uh, she throws Vikings and she throws, she has 50, 50 grip and her bag is like insanely flat and low and fast, but she doesn't butterfly. And I was like, how do you throw it so flat? And she's like, I just, she's like, I act like I'm turning a doorknob is what she said. Mm -hmm. But then she said, she go to a board. To she's like, go to a board, stand at 10 feet, then 12 feet, then 14 feet. And she's like, yep. just, just get it super flat. And then she's like, don't get to 27 feet until you're flat at 20 feet. You know, like that. Yep. Kind of, I've heard so that same, same thing. thing. Yeah. Um, let's see. And then last question, I saved Keith to the last, cause I think this is a future proofing huh. question, but uh, Keith, Angle. Keith Angle, we got, uh, what is the difference between Eddie and Corbin's channels? And like for each of you, like, what do you think is your goal with your channel? What are you ultimately looking to do? And what is it more geared towards in the future? So like, I guess for, for you, like, what is this for you? Um, it's something I love to do. Literally love it. Just love the game. Uh, I've always liked helping people in different ways, shapes and forms, you know, um, I was in the medical field for a while. So I just, I like helping people answering questions, doing what I can to get information out there. And that's really why I started. This was Get some information out there. Uh, end goal? Never work a day in my life. <laughs> you know, that'd be a good goal. Um, I don't I don't really see that to be an attainable goal. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, is that something you want to grind and do? No, or, it's, yeah. no it's, I don't think it's attainable. Um, and especially, you, you guys all know I'm a pretty low effort kind of guy when it comes to this. You know, I, I like the simplicity. I like just keeping it straightforward. Um, he has me edit the videos. Correct. Hey, right now, I got... <laughs> Hey, we got the resolution. I have the software. He, I got he doesn't even know how to record in the right resolution, guys. That's why I was <laughs> we got the resolution figured yeah, out. Figure I think out. we're going to be okay. Sorry, the boomer um, Corbin. Yeah. No, I just, whatever. Eat ass. <laughs> <laughs> we, I don't know. I, I like what I do. Um, I really, I, I like where the channel's at. I'd like it to grow, obviously. Uh, you know, but where it's at right now, I'm, I'm happy with it. I like helping people out. Um, what else was that? What's your goal? And what are you ultimately looking to do? I mean, that's really, I just keep doing what I'm doing. I like yeah. it. Um, and my channel, I think it's geared. The cool part with my channel, I think is that it's geared toward kind of everybody because it's not beginner specific, but it's not advanced specific. It's sure. quite literally bag specific. Sure. So anybody can watch it and be like, Oh, I know what you're talking about or, Oh, I don't, but you just told me what you meant. Sure. So I just, I like how I'm doing it, honestly. And I know, you know, complacency is how you, (laughs) (laughs) but it's it's not that I'm complacent. I just think I found a nice spot and I'm going to continue doing what I'm doing because it's been successful. Well, and I think also you got in, I mean, even earlier than me, obviously. And uh, Mm -hmm. I think you've built a big enough community of people that value your opinion that even if you do nothing ever again, except for just review bags, you'll still get the same amount of people that want to watch your videos because they want to support you, right? And that might be true. I, I am going to change content a little. I got a couple ideas moving yeah. forward, uh, but I'm always going to have my reviews. You know, that's yeah. not going to change. I will always do a bag a week and then I'll just sprinkle in some other stuff and, yeah. you know, try to have some fun. I mean, and I'm, I have a, I mean, I guess so. So my channel, I, I know where that, you're going. Well, I, I'm in a different life stage than you. Right. So like mm-hmm. f- for me, what's the, I'd say, what's the difference between me and Corbin's channels? I think Corbin, I'm more on the, 
analytical statistical side in terms of like, I care a lot about fill. I care a lot about materials. I care a lot about design, yeah. about template size, about corners. About, like I'm really picky when I get a bag because I have so many bags that I'm trying to like, when I take a bag out of the package, I'm instantly like, all right, what is this like? What is it not like? What is it between? How can I compare this? What is the fill like? What would I change? Like I like, that's everything running through my head, right? So that, so I kind of frame all my video or all my reviews specifically around that fact. And we're like, I try to talk a lot more about like what I compare it to, who would it be for, like if what kind of shot would you like if you like to play it, um, right. and 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 you're more about the like this is how it feels, this is how it plays, this is like the experience I've had with it. These are what the locals like to do, which is awesome too. Um, I think for me, my goal with the channel, I really want to do this as a job, um, and the reason I say that I'm only 26, I don't have any kids, um, and if I didn't try to do it. I would, because obviously I want kids in a couple of years and I would have kids and work my job and then I'd be like X amount of age and be like, man, I can't believe I never even tried, right? So sure. that's why, I mean, if you guys see, like I'm either pumping out, like I'm trying to put out three videos a week, whether it's a podcast and a vlog and a review. And that's why I try to do the vlogs and I try to do the tutorials, which I'll try to do more when the weather warms up and stuff. But I mean, like I, I'm putting in the time behind the scenes and working like 25 hours a week on editing and stuff and bag designs and answering questions and everything. Cause, cause in my opinion, I re or for me, I just really want to do it as a job. Um, I just, yeah. I hate working in an office. <laughs> I just really dislike it and I really yeah, want to travel. And then I say, like I say for the more short term goals, I want and and so like and to be transparent, me and Corbin both make a little bit of money from YouTube. We make a little bit of money from mm -hmm. Patreon, our sponsors, blah blah blah. Every single dollar I make almost gets reinvested in the channel. And I know you're very similar. Yep. Like you got yep. a new GoPro, you either buy bags to review, you give stuff away. For me, I'm also yep. like my tournament entry fees. I use the stuff from the channel to make a vlog. Like it's like I'm not depositing money into my account and using it for stuff. Like it's literally sitting there until I have a bag purchase that I need to make for the channel. Like I just upgraded. Yep. to a gopro as well for my vlog camera and that kind of stuff so so like uh i think we're both just really trying to see where this goes um mm -hmm. i think we're very fortunate enough i had a couple of cornell people reach out to me in this week we're like hey what's the key to youtube like how do you get this many subs like in the cornell world and i was like dude there's no key you just you just you just be a good dude with good content, answer some questions, like be a personality and people will come. If you make good content, people will come. Sure. And and that's how I look at the vlogs. People have been positive about that. I love being able to like share more of myself with people, like more mm -hmm. of my personality. And I hope you see that if you ever meet me in person. Like I'm the I think the reason that me and you are so successful um in getting people is because when we turn off the camera. We're the exact same person as when we turn on the mm -hmm. camera. Like, I don't change me. Like, I turn on the camera. No, I just I talk either. how I would talk to you. I just happen to do it to a camera instead of a person. And it's the yep. same. So if you meet me at a tournament, like, what you see in the vlogs is exactly how I am, like, literally all the time. That's just me as a person. So, and I think people see that authenticity. And I think, and that's why I tell people there's no secret because you can't fake the authenticity, right? Like, no. people will see right through it after a little bit or... You know, like I think they see me and you getting better. I think they they value our opinion. Oh, absolutely. We, we are putting yep. in the time and like really trying to figure it out and get opinions. Well, and then they know how many bags we throw. They know how many bags we've tried. They know that we know our materials. We know our fills. We know our, you know. Oh, yeah. And, and I pairs. literally like, said, I said in my last review that like being a reviewer makes me worse at Cornhole. Absolutely. Because I have, because I throw <laughs> 
when I go to a practice session, I have like 12 sets that I throw at a time. I'm throwing like mm-hmm. Neptunes into Vipers, you know, or like something like along those yeah. speed ranges, right? Just because well, you got to get a couple games on them every time you throw just to get them going. Get them and, breaking in. Yeah. So, yeah. So like like so I think I think the fact that me and you are getting better means we're playing even more than people realize because we're wasting how many hours throwing bags we'll never throw again. That's eh, not a waste. We enjoy it. Well, of course we enjoy it. We wouldn't I I wouldn't be doing all this time if we didn't enjoy it, you know. That's true. I wouldn't but, either. I would just mm. and, and I mean this podcast was literally just a I was like, well I text Corbin twenty five hours a day about Cornhole. <laughs> so we might as well record it. And maybe talk to some other people. Might as well record our conversations or whatever. And and we've been able to do some cool stuff with it, you know? A lot of pros and stuff like that. We've we've had a good time with it. I Um, love talking to the pros. The AMA stuff is cool. The questions, like, appreciate it. I I actually do enjoy the AMAs. Yeah. And uh, before we close uh, close out, too, uh, every single person. So we got Chad, Luke, Adam, Jeremy, Matthew, Derek, Dakota, Corey, Cody, Matt, Joey, Jordan, Caleb, Travis, Graham, and Keith. Appreciate all you guys for saying questions. You know, I mean, like yeah. we get Thank people you. to watch these videos and we get people that follow us on Facebook and stuff, but not a lot of people comment and reach out. You guys were literally the content behind this podcast. So all of you guys yeah. were literally the reason we were able to do this. So really appreciate any questions. And again, if any of you guys ever have questions, even if it's about a single bag, like, hey, I watched your video. Like, can you explain the difference between this and this? That can go in something like this. Like any question you can think of, we can do. Of course. So, uh, so and we're pretty open to answering whatever. So. Um, and you got anything else? I think I'm all talked out, man. Yeah, I'm tired. First, you're first not talked out, month. though. I know. I noticed that you're not. I talked am. Out. Eddie's I am, never dude. talked out. The 14 hour stream on Saturday for that tournament just kind of depleted oh, okay, my tank for a couple days. That's fair. Yeah, <laughs> you, just, you still got to fill up. Yeah. I was yapping for 14 straight hours, man. I didn't have much left, but that's totally fair. All right, guys. Well, appreciate you stopping by. Appreciate everyone that reached out for a question. Hopefully you learned something from this or took something away from uh, our opinions on some of these topics. Um, You know, again, these are all just our opinions and the things that we found from what we play. But, uh, you know, appreciate you guys value our opinion enough to listen to a podcast for an hour and 14 minutes. So if you're still around, appreciate you guys listening. I hope you have a great rest of your day and rest of your week. And uh, we'll catch you guys in whichever video you watch of us next. Uh, But have a good one, guys.